0: This is Amalia This is Satya, and you're listening to To Love, Sex, and and the the Hidden hidden Agenda. agenda.
1: Our podcast was created with the sole intention to release toxic shame, illuminate our shadow nature, and expose the mysterious entities that feed off our most precious life force, our sexual energy. To learn more about our life-enhancing courses and transformational retreats, visit knowtheself.com. Let's dive in. So, hey, Amalia.
0: Hello. Oh, my goodness. Uh, wow. So today, I feel like, you know, I know that this has been on your mind and on my mind, too. And I feel like, um, you know, also we're in October and you're in Mexico and it just seems fitting. I guess we're just kind of tuned in to <laughs> this time where it's, you know, I think people don't want to talk about, you know, just death and dying in general. Um, but when I stop and think about it, it feels like there's been a lot of, uh, you know, and un, unrelated to COVID, just like people that I know, or or people who are very close to me, someone very close to them has, has died in the last year. Yeah, and maybe a year and a half. And I know you've had some similar, you know, and even in, in the school, in the mystery school, we've had some loss.
1: Yeah, so- we had three this year, and two of them were just last month. So, and they're, you know, young people, nothing to do with COVID. One died of a brain aneurysm, you know, Ed back in February, and then Aspasia had breast cancer that, you know, just went so far. And then Dave, he committed suicide.
0: Yeah. So people that, I mean, people, we know people, young people. Yeah. This is not old age or, and then I think, you know, this is coming up to this week for us because I had a scare this week and I, I actually ended up in the emergency room and I had this bad reaction to this medication. And, and I thought I had heart attack. I mean, you know, when you wake up in the middle of the night clutching your heart and then you break out in a sweat, think you're going to vomit and then you pass out. Usually that's, you know, and then the heart stuff didn't stop. So I, you know, I tend not to go to hospitals and not, and I don't even have like a history of anxiety or panic or anything, you know? So I, I was like, what is this? You know? And then I finally pieced it together and looked up the side effects of this medication, but I feel like I have a new lease on life because they, they, uh, you know, did all the tests, angiograms, like EKGs. I mean, man, they rushed me in and they were doing things like, I've never seen anyone so efficient in my life. I mean, wheeling in giant cars, x-raying my heart. I mean, just like, I was like, what is happening? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Um, So that was, uh, really scary for me, and I know I left you a message. I'm like, Well, I think I had a heart attack, I'm going into the emergency room. Or yeah, you know. and, <laughs> and I
1: was thinking, No, God, not Yeah. Gosh, no, yeah, exactly. Not her
0: time, please. It's just so unbelievable. I don't think we have like a way of processing, you know, and I've always felt that way, just you know, in our country. I know that. I mean, I don't know, you know, I, it's just so hard to. Process sometimes. Yeah,
1: Um, I think that's why I really felt we needed to talk about it because nobody ever wants to talk about death. I mean, people don't even want to talk about writing their wills when they're alive. Like, no, everybody's avoiding the death topic. Or when someone died, I know a lot of people just don't know what to say to their family members or the ones closer. I mean, it's just such an awkward, uncomfortable really difficult transition. And I think what comes with death is just so much confusion and inner conflict. Like if you're too happy when you almost feel like, oh, I should be sad right now because someone died. There's that part. There's, you know, how can I move on? There's the debilitating grief that people get trapped in, especially I know, you know, when the parent loses a child, that's really difficult. Or when someone dies, you know, in a tragic way, I think chronic illness or something where someone's sick for a long period of time is a little bit easier to handle, but not always, you know, and I just think everybody deals with death differently. And I don't think we actually know how we handle death until we're face to face with it. And I've lost something like 13 or 14 people now and it's like I don't know somebody said to me the other day like god you're just always dealing with the death and I said yeah I kind of feel like that and I I just feel so close to it but when I look back I realize that death has been you know dealing with death dying and those who've departed has been my biggest teacher, you know, that's what woke me up to who we are as spiritual beings in this human body. Right. And, you know, it was 2003 when my dad died and at that moment, like when he passed away, I was so surprised at what I experienced. I guess in my mind, I thought like, oh, when he dies, I'm going to freak out. I'm going to, you know, mourn his loss, or I don't know how I'm, how I'm going to cope or what it's going to be like. And I thought I should be like crying and, um, distraught. And actually when his body went, when he took his last breath and he released his body, I went into this like ecstatic bliss state that was super confusing for me. Cause everyone around, there was probably 10 of us in the room with him when he passed and, They all had their heads down and, you know, tears streaming down their face, kind of like what I expected I would be doing. But instead, I was like up on his legs, perched onto his legs, like staring at his body, tripping out because I could see this like iridescent form um, moving through his body. And then it just flew out the back of his head and up into the sky. And these golden packages rained down from the sky into my chest. And I was sort of on... I remember sitting on his legs and just being like, oh, you know, in this weird <laughs> transcendental state. And from that moment, everything in my life changed. Like my eyes changed, my experience of life changed, my work in the world changed, you know, everything shifted. And then from that moment, I just kept talking to his spirit. Like, where are you? Where'd you go? You know, it just opened yeah. the doors to heaven for me. You know and the story goes on and on and on but it was just wild to ha- i feel like that was such a gift and it, literally these golden gifts came into my chest mm-hmm. and i it really felt like a gift and and that year i think there was something like nine seven or nine deaths i mean it was just like every other yeah,
0: one of your mentors i remember
1: yeah my spiritual teacher he died two weeks apart from my father And when he died also suddenly, you know, he and I only communicated in like broken English and broken Japanese because neither of us could speak the other's language. And suddenly I was hearing him in English, like direct transmissions in my meditations. And I was like, how is this possible? He's like, oh, when you die, you know, you just have direct mind to mind communication. like I and I was like you speak English now and
0: oh my gosh I
1: learned so much from departed souls like they've been teaching me like what's on the Mm -hmm. other side and and just opened me to all these dimensions that we have and when I okay and then after that I started you know helping other people who also lost departed loved ones like connect to them and Mm -hmm. Uh, have conversations and time and time again, I realize like, wow, people are really suffering. But then when they make contact with them on the other side, something switches, like they're able to be at peace. They're able to realize that the soul is still alive. They didn't actually, you know, die or cease to exist. They've just transformed or they're no longer in the body, but they can still feel them or they have dreams about them that feel real or they They feel them sometimes with them or they smell them or, um, you know, they they're out in nature and something so beautiful reminds them of that departed loved one. And they have this sort of communion of souls and they realize, oh, they're not dead. And I think those moments are what help us evolve, you know, into like what we truly are and and realize that we don't actually cease to exist. We just shift dimensionally.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting, the, uh, the different, like, for me, I've gone through different phases with, I mean, I thought about death my whole life. Like I was like, consumed for a while in my early 20s. And I was researching Raymond Moody constantly I mean, it was like 30 years ago, you know, on near-death experiences. He traveled the world. He was the first person to gather, you know, uh, go to emergency rooms around the world and gather stories. And I just, you know, I think just from all of the uh, strict religious upbringing that I had and then switching and, and learning about other religions and other philosophies in the West, and then also moving on into the East, it's just constantly been um, something that, you know, and I, so I wonder, do, are these experiences, I'm curious because um, sometimes it's, it's as if the experience with the, the departed spirit soul happens right then or maybe on an anniversary of their death or and then i'm not sure about how to i don't think i've ever tried actually to really contact a a soul i guess maybe i didn't feel the the need to maybe because i had an experience already or so i mean actually the only person really close to me that died was my grandmother and we were very close and we had communicated we had talked before she died like couple of years before and I said I really want you to contact me like whatever you can do you have to contact me so we made this pact she's oh, like he, okay what and did she she did so what happened was um, by some miracle at that time I was actually living on the other side of the country and um, and I just so happened to have bought a plane ticket. And I was um, was already planning on going back to see her. And I had bought this ticket like months before. Well, then I had this strange feeling at work and I called her and uh, she sounded very strange. She had this really low like, uh voice, which is like the voice of pain, you know? Um, And she said to me, um, I, you know, I fell and I think my back is broken and I'm going into the hospital right now. And she said, I'm asking God to take me if this if I can't solve this quickly, because I don't want to be I'm not going to lay up in a cast for a year. I'm not going to you know, I'm not going to do it. And uh, so. I, I arrived and uh, she had been in the hospital, got out of the hospital and she was home on hospice, like right when I got there and she was already pretty, pretty out of it. She was on her way out, but I could tell she was waiting for me and I, I got down really close to her because you have to get really close to dying people because their senses are so
1: Mm -hmm.
0: close to themselves they their hearing kind of starts to leave the physical their sight everything kind of starts to get very close to their body so you have to be very close and and she recognized that she saw me and she's hi uh, oh, you know and then but that was really it and then it was like me taking care of her for about a week and other family members were there and uh, just trying to keep her comfortable but there came a point and my daughter was there now this is another thing you know some people might not want to keep want to let their their children be around this but I was like this is totally natural this is like the greatest gift you know, I could give her and, and to see us move through this process. Right. And uh, so we were staying with her. And after a few days, uh, one morning I woke up and she started to breathe very heavy. It's a sound like, do you know what they call the death rattle? Well, I, somebody told me about it. They're like, okay, once the death rattle starts, they have about 12 hours left, you know, and I
1: What's I said that rattle. No, I've never heard that. Well, yeah.
0: So I, I expected to hear some kind of rattle. I was literally thinking rattle or something, but all it, it, for her, at least it was just a very deep breath. It was like, kind of like a ujjayi breath or something that we say in yoga or something. Yeah. But,
1: yeah. That my father had that too. And I knew it was his last breath.
0: Yeah. It was kind like of like
1: breathing changed right at the end.
0: Yeah, and so, but for some reason, I I didn't associate it with the death rattle, so I thought, okay, I have more than twelve hours because the death rattle hasn't started. But this is getting really intense, and I think I need to, for the first time since I've been here, just kind of leave the house for a couple of hours, have a sense of normalcy for Rowan, and then come back, my daughter. And so we were going to go to the movies. So I get in the shower, and and then suddenly I experience like this soul going like kind of diagonally up a feeling, a sense, like it's hard to describe, but uh and she was, and she was just like her energy was like just excited and happy, like probably happy as hell to get out of her body. And she said several things to me, as her energy kind of flew up. And I was like, wait, what? Did I just make that up? You know, and I'm thinking, did I okay, all right. And I'm trying to soak in what she said. And one of the things is basically like, it's so much simpler than, than we make it, you know, just if you feel something, just do it. Like it, the physical is like this thick trudging thing and we make it so hard because it feels so thick here. But the reality is we're still tapped into the, the, the ease of things and the knowing and just, you know, just, just do it. You know, it was like the, and that was one of the, three or four things she said but the next thing I know literally within like 30 seconds of that my daughter comes in and says mom mom get out of the shower grandma's taking her last breaths and it was then that I knew she was already out because she had already she'd already left so I was like okay then so that happened you know and but I didn't but but I wouldn't say that I've had like ongoing communication I guess yeah it's just like I I feel her sometimes and then I'll say something to my cousin who is really close to her and my cousin that day is like wearing something that my grandma gave her and you know just for some reason I'll feel I'll feel that around but I don't know why I just went off on
1: no that's beautiful I had the chills when you were talking about it I could feel her yeah for me it was uh each death that I've experienced, I mean, my father's death is the only one I was like there uh, when he took his last breath, but there was a puppy I held who took his last breath in my arms. And, and that was also really special because it was very similar. Like I saw the energy, I saw his last breath and I saw it fly out. And I was like, this is so trippy. Like nobody ever talks about that. It's amazing I, that you
0: experienced it as ecstatic in a way right didn't you say that
1: both of them were for me because the freedom i felt from the soul Leaving was what was ecstatic, like the awe and oh. the wonder of it. It was like, oh my god, you're free! Oh my god, what a beauty! It's like, to me, it must be what the caterpillar feels when it becomes a butterfly and realizes it can fly, and suddenly right. it's above the grass and it's like smelling flowers and it's like only dead on the ground and in the mud, and suddenly it's like, wow, that's what it felt like for me w- witnessing it. And then I was thinking like, oh my, I kind of felt like, uh, you know, when you get addicted to a high or something, Mm -hmm. I wanted to experience it again, almost like, uh, like, let me, uh, it would be such an honor if, if somebody else near me might die or something, like if I'm there and I I started realizing what, it was such a cherished gift for me. And then- (laughs) you know, a few months after my dad passed away, he was consistently talking to me. For three months, I couldn't shut him up. Actually, it was becoming really frustrating. Him and my teacher talked to me as well, Yamada-san, but he was, Yamada-san was like in a different frequency band than my father. And I started realizing that there's like different places you go to when you die, which to me also boggled my mind. And so I would ask them to describe where they are, what it's like, who they're with. And so I was learning so much. For example, my dad, he was young. He was um, in his 30s. And he, I was like, dad, you look so young uh, and and before I was born, you know? And he said, yeah, I got to choose my age. I'm 33, that was my favorite year of my life. And um, and he was always wearing this like really cool, like slim fitted suit, which he did wear suits and ties uh, a lot, you know, every day to work, but the, the way he showed it, the way what he was wearing as a dead person or however I was seeing him, um, it was a different style it was like a thin tie and uh kind of like a zoot suit or something you know it's like from the the 50s era Mm -hmm. and I said dad that's such a cool suit and it was like a couple buttons were open and the tie was loosened and and he was just like this cool guy young guy and that's how he presented himself and I just thought that was so strange like how I don't know him at that age so why am I imagining him at that age not as like my father who passed and then I was at the funeral and some woman I didn't even know you know there was like 400 people at his funeral and this woman walked up to me and she was saying you know everybody's saying their condolences to me and she said I know your dad's okay because he came to me last night in a dream and he looked so dashing and so young and he was wearing this suit and she explained How he was dressed. And that really struck me because I was like, yeah, that's how he appears to me too. And she was like, he's okay. Like, I know he talks to me and I just thought, okay, that's a bit weird, but weird because also he's talking to me and of course these are the things nobody talks about like there was no way I was going to tell anybody this. I thought like, okay, this is my special relationship with my father. I'm not going to go around saying I have contact because I honestly thought like, maybe I'm making this up because I miss him. Like maybe this is part of the grieving process,
0: right? right? Yeah.
1: But then I started doing experiments. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like
1: I would sit in my room and I, because I could hear him so loudly. And he was telling me things like, that I could never make up. He was telling me about his business, about, um, his wife that I didn't even know things like he, he was anxious and wanted, he, he died without a will. So he wanted me to do certain stuff. He's like, you need to take care of this for me and this for me. And, um, I was like, dad, I don't think anyone's going to believe me that I'm talking to you. And I was like, I actually think maybe I'm going crazy. So can you, um, like you need to give me stronger signs. So I have this like um, mobile uh, bird thing, like hanging uh, in my room. And I was like, make that move. Like, let me know that you're really here, make that move. And suddenly it's spinning like crazy. And I was like, "Wow!" you know. That's amazing, and he said,
0: "You're brave to test like that." <laughs> Most people were like, "Oh no, this isn't even real, so I'm not going to test it, and I don't want to test it and prove it's not real,
1: <laughs> right?"
0: You're like, "I'm going to test this and prove it's not real."
1: <laughs> and then when it started moving, I mean, of course, I got so excited, and uh, obviously, I was alone, so I didn't have like video proof or something, but. I was thinking, oh my God. And then he told me, it's very hard to do that, by the way, that took all my energy. And I said, oh, that's so weird. Like, why is that hard for you to do? And he said, we're like wind, like we live amongst you. He could see me all the time. Um, And they're around us in this kind of like, they're in the invisible space, what our invisible space looks like. They're there. But this, I realized later, was kind of like a purgatory in, in between space, um, because what was going on over the months that passed, like two months in, he started changing his personality, started getting more aggressive with me. Like he would wake me up when I'm sleeping and try and um, like drag me across the room. I mean, it weird stuff was happening. Mm. Like he wanted me to finish his business, mm and i did not like it at all in fact one time i woke up while hitting send on my computer and i was like whoa how did i get here what's going on and i quickly like saw that my email was open and i had hit the enter button or send i was clicking send on an email and I went to the out, you know, the out box and opened it. And I was like, what, what, what was that? And you know what it was? I mean, this is, it was horrible. It was a letter my dad wrote to my sister through me. He was using my body to mm-hmm. write this message. And when I read it, I couldn't stop crying because, and it was so weird. Like, and how do you think my sister felt getting an oh. email from her dead father that's saying like, my beloved lamb or something. I mean, it was weird language,
0: mm. really
1: weird language, nothing that I could say, you know, It, and mm. I'm not that kind of a person who would just, you know, play some kind of a prank on someone who lost a parent or a loved one, you know, mm. and I quickly wrote her and I was like, I'm so sorry, I don't, I didn't write that. I woke up, you know and I explained to her what happened. We never really spoke about it. I think it just it was just so weird. It just kind of got swept under the rug. Mm. But I learned oh. that my father, my father was trapped, like he was trapped between worlds because my teacher, who had also died, he started saying you need to do a ritual for your father to help him move whoa and I said I don't know how to do ritual he's like well he told me somebody in your life no no he told me exactly who he said this specific guy who at the time I was just friends with this specific guy knows how to do the fire ceremony to clear spirits and I said uh I'm supposed to ask him yes ask him and he's gonna do it and I'm thinking he doesn't know that fire ceremony thing and it was uh, Vivek so I call Vivek and I'm like okay this sounds crazy but he was my only friend that I could share what was he was the only person I spoke to about all these you know things that were happening with my dad and my dead teacher and I told him and he said I said do you happen to know before I told him what happened I just said hey Um, do you happen to know about a fire ceremony to um, release dead people or trapped souls? And he was like, oh yeah, yeah, I was trained in that as a child, but I've never done it before, but I know what you're talking about. It's called blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you were trained in that?
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And I said, oh my God. Uh, And then I told him, okay, so this you know, spirit on the other side told me to tell you that we need to do this for my dad. And anyway, we performed the ceremony and it ended up, we invited all my friends who had passed it. I lost, I said something like there were nine deaths that year close to me. So mm-hmm. like four of them were in my family uh, or five of them. And then I had friends, like my best friend lost her partner of 15 years and, that was really hard and another friend of mine lost her brother and so I gathered all of and my other good friend lost her grandmother so I gathered all of us who had recently had a death to do this ceremony and it was a you know fire puja done the tantric way that that Vivek had learned when he was younger and um, actually Vivek asked (laughs) A good, we went to a guru. He's like, I know a, a, a Pujari, you know, a, a tantric priest who does this ceremony. Let's go talk to him. And we went to him and we started talking to him and we didn't tell him about my visitations with the dead or anything like that. And he just said, um, no, I can't do that. You're supposed to do that, Vivek. You You have the training and this is your initiation. And the two of you are supposed to do this. It's very clear to me. I won't help you, but I'll remind you that you need like you know the ghee and this and this and he gave him a few pointers and so we did the ceremony and it ended up being like a three-hour ceremony we cleared I think it was something like a million souls there were cows there were I mean trapped energy all of uh, my friends who came we we talked to and and cleared the the energy between them uh their departed loved ones with them and everybody was in tears at different times i mean it was a huge initiation for both me and vivek and for all of us there but it really opened something and i realized wow this is this is real you know like it was so tangible yeah um and a big big initiation
0: um that oh gosh you you know this is fascinating and i know we have to wrap up here uh but it's so fascinating all those experiences because different you know religions from different parts of the world they'll touch on things like that you know, in the Mormon Latter-day Saint religion, like sometimes I have a friend who will tell me like some of the stuff, like there's a lot of stuff they're not supposed to tell you, you know, but I get some secrets, you know, here and there. And, uh, and that's, that's one of the things that they do. They, they clear for their ancestors, they help, you know, and, and it, the more that you're in, in touch with your own, you know, energy and I, cause I, cause I wonder why do I have so many of these experiences? You know, I, I don't think I, I think, I guess I did have them actually now that I think about it when I was little or younger, but I just would, would always dismiss them or, or think that they were bad and, and, and then just block myself from having yes. them in the first place, you know, like um, my beloved Ken, his um, mother passed also in the last like, year and a half and on her anniversary, we did a ritual. And, um, and then, you know, I started feeling her around like pretty strong. And I'm thinking, Whoa, like, why is she you know, and one time I was really I was really having a hard moment. And I was and I, I remember I was standing in my closet. And I just started crying. And she and I felt her put her hands like on the back right here. And and just say, just hang on, just hang on. And and it was so like, palpable and profound and I knew you know and it's it's just until you have that kind of experience you you just you because people say how do you know it's real or not well it's pretty yeah, obvious
1: only know if you have the experience
0: right and it, it comes out of nowhere you know it just yeah. and it's just you can't explain it and you know and just like you know having close to death experiences like this it's you know when I tell someone no I thought I was gonna die I thought that well like it, if unless you've had that experience you don't it's very hard to understand you know and it seems kind of like oh come on it wasn't that serious or you know so yeah there has been a lot of this kind us. of thing around hmm? it's,
1: it's those kind of experience whether it's our own close to death experience or you know, interacting with the deceased or watching someone pass over. It really changes us. I know we need to conclude. I think we need to do another episode and talk more on this topic because I know so many people are dealing with the loss of loved ones right now. And I want you all listening to know that I do have a a guidebook to help you connect and honor those who've departed. So if you want to check that out, go to the links in the notes of the show and you will be able to get access to that. Thanks, Satya. Thank you. To learn more about our life-enhancing courses and transformational retreats, visit knowtheself.com.